John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Would you pray with me? Father, today as we gather together to read through your word, I pray that, Lord, you would teach us that your Holy Spirit would illuminate scripture to us, that we would grow as followers of Christ, that we would be stretched today. And our understanding, not just of scripture, but our understanding of of you and who we are in relation to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said... Amen. Amen. Well, hey, good morning, Covenant. It's great to be with you today. We are beginning a brand new series where we're walking through the book of John. And uh, we're not going to cover all that this month, but we are going to try to cover most of John chapter 1 this month. And I'm excited about it. John is one of my favorite books, and I love it. It's a great book. If you've not really jumped into Scripture before, maybe you're new to following Jesus Christ, John is a great book to jump in. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to teach through the book of John. And I love it. And and so as we read through John chapter 1, I'm going to encourage you, your family, your sea life groups, as you guys get together to read through the book of John as we walk through the book of John. So today, this series is called All Things. This entire series is called All Things Rescue. All Things Rescue rescue. And as we read through John, talk about John, I, I think it, it begs the, the, the question of celebrity, right? Like we live in a time of celebrity, big names who do big things. But the fact is, over time, their, their names, right, kind of fade away. We all know a lot of people who have become victim to being, you know, 15 minutes of celebrity fame status. In fact, I was just having a conversation earlier today. Remember that guy from American Idol, William Hung? Remember that guy? That guy was like a celebrity for like a hot minute, but they all just kind of (laughs) fade. And here today, John wants to introduce the world to the celebrity of the universe. And he opens up the gospel of John with this, with this juggernaut of a statement. Look at verse 1. He says this, In the beginning was the, say it with me, word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. That's a huge statement. When I say it's a juggernaut statement, I mean it really is a gigantic statement. The word was with God, the word was God. And so oftentimes, as you hear me say, you know, we can become so familiar with Scripture that we often gloss over the power found in it. So I wanted to take a little bit of time today just to break this down just a little bit, okay? John identifies this celebrity of the universe as the Word. In fact, wherever you are right now, would you just say that? Word. Yes. Now this word, word, I know that's awkward, but this word here, he uses word in its original language, right? It's an original Greek language is the word logos or logos. Okay. And to give some context here, um, it's written from a Greek perspective, Greek language rather, uh, is its original context here. And the Greeks looked at logos as, as an impersonal God, okay? Or really, to be honest with you, what, they didn't really view it as a God as much as they, they viewed the Logos as an impersonal force, if you will, a force that is responsible for the universe. 
And so it's this impersonal force that was responsible for knowledge and wisdom and creation and everything that came to be, right? And when it, what John is seeking to do here in the introduction right here in his gospel is not just recount the life of Christ, as we'll get to, as we'll see, but to show that, that this logos, this, this force is not indeed impersonal at all is not ambivalent, but rather John is seeking to show that the Word is personified. And and it is a person, not an impersonal force that's behind all knowledge, not an impersonal force that's behind wisdom, not an impersonal God or force that's behind all of creation. No, John says three specific things about the Word, okay? He says this, the Word, and I would take some notes here. This is a great place to write down some things, okay? We're a church that worships in spirit and in, yes, and in truth. The first thing that he says here is that the Word was pre-existent. The Word was pre-existent. The Word being Christ. We understand that, right? The Word is Jesus. The Word was pre-existent. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Number two, the second claim he makes is that the Word was co-existent. The word wasn't just pre-existent, but the word was co-existent. Uh, the word was with God. That means literally face to face, that the word was face to face with God. Word is pre-existent. The word is co-existent. And then lastly, the word is, this is important now, self-existent. The word was God. In the beginning was the word, right? And the word was with God and the word was God. So the Word is self-existent. The Word was God. God is, and this is important for us to understand, God is a self-existent being. God is, the, by the way, the only being who does not need to go outside of who He is to function and exist. That can't be said about anything else or anyone else, for that matter, in creation. Everything else is dependent on something or someone else to be what it is. Now, are you ready for a strong statement? Okay, here's, here's a strong statement. Okay, I'm going to give you a second. Take a breath. Okay, here it is. God is who He is because He is who He is. <laughs> now, you might be like, okay, that seems pretty simple, but it's not. It's challenging. He's self-existent. God is who He is because He is who He is. Jesus later in the book of John in chapter 8, he calls himself the I am. Why does he define himself like that? Because he is the eternally self-existent one. And not only was the word separate from God while at the same time being God, but he personifies it in verse 2. Look at verse 2 right here. John chapter 1 verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with God. You say, why is this important? Super important. Because the Word was person. The Word was person, not just an idea. Now, if you were a Greek reading this at the time, reading about the Logos, the Logos, in the beginning was the Logos, uh, you would be thinking about this impersonal God, this impersonal force. And what John is saying, no, no, no. The Word was person, not just idea. The Word was person, not just concept. The Word was person, not just force. And then he goes on, look at verse 3. He says, then all things were created through him. Through who? Through the Logos. Who? The Word. 
So whatever and whoever this word is, he is responsible for all of creation. Now, why is it important for us to know these points from John? I mean, maybe you might say, like, can I be a Christian without having to know all the stuff about, about the word? Can it, why is all this so important? And I would say, yes, of, of, of course you can, you can know these. You don't have to necessarily know all these things to call yourself a Christian. You can have belief in Christ without necessarily knowing these things. I mean, I accepted Christ at a very young age, at a very young age. And I didn't have any concept of, uh, of what we're reading through today, to be honest with you. But at some point in my life, it was not just important to believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who came, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, rose again so that I could be forgiven and know God. At some point, the question must be asked, why? Right? Why? Why did this stuff happen? Why did Jesus do this? The why question must enter into the conversation. Why was it important that Jesus came to earth? Why was it crucial that Jesus lived a sinless life? Why did Jesus have to die at all? Why did Jesus need to rise again? Why do you believe what you believe? Now, as a father of five, I hear the word why a lot. Can I get an amen? Any parents? Yes. I hear the word why an awful lot. Dad, why do, why do dogs have tails? I mean, Dad, why do cats uh, meow and not bark. Like these are questions I get asked, and I don't really, I don't have good answers. Why do dogs have tails? I mean, as a parent, I kind of, I feel like I sometimes invent answers. Well, they have tails so that they can keep balance when they walk. Well, why? Well, because balance is really important. You, you wouldn't be able to walk if you didn't have balance. Well, why? Well, because balance is coming from, it's like your equilibrium. Well, why? Well, because I don't, I don't know. I, at some point, I don't have an answer to your why questions, okay? For my kids. But as it pertains to scripture, we should. We should know why. Why? Because we investigate the things we care about. We investigate the things that we care about. And when it comes to God and our relationship with Him and to Him, we must not be afraid to ask why. We must not be afraid to ask difficult questions. In fact, in John 14, 6, Jesus makes a bold statement. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through me. Now, if Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, then no question we could ever ask, no argument that could ever be issued against uh, him, no theory, etc., should be able to knock Christ from that claim. Now, it may take some investigating, it may take some studying, some meditating, some researching, but this is also, as we talked about a few weeks ago, why, why, why Peter says in 1 Peter 2 that we must always be ready to give an answer. Paul echoes his words in saying that we must study to show ourselves approved. See, the sad truth is many people research what type of TV they want to purchase more than they research the implications of where they will spend eternity. So let's ask the, best, the big and best, the biggest question. Why is it important that Jesus was pre-existent, that he was in the beginning with God? Why is it important that Jesus is coexistent, that he is with God? Why is it important that Jesus is self 
existent, that he is God. And I would say the answer to these questions is found in the following two verses. John verse one, chapter 1, look at verse 4. It says this, starting in verse 4, we're going to read also in verse 5. Read with me now, right on screen. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, get back with me now. Look at, look at, listen now. John starts off by stating that Jesus is pre-existent, co-existent, and self-existent to demonstrate the, the words, okay? The words authority. Jesus is authority. Jesus has authority over men. Jesus has authority over darkness. And Jesus has authority over life. The word has authority over all things. Just, just take a moment now. The Word has authority over all things. Why is it so important that John demonstrates the, 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 the pre-existent, the, the co-existent, the self-existent nature of the Lagos, the Word, a.k.a. Jesus Christ? Partially, it's to show that the Word has, Jesus has, authority over all things. Because only one with authority over man has the ability to save man. Only one with authority over darkness cannot be overcome by the darkness. And the only one who has authority over life has the ability to offer life. Church, allow this passage right now in this season to bring you rest. Can I just tell you, authoritatively, from God's Word, that all things are under control of Jesus Christ. All things. Every single thing, every single trial, every single sickness, illness, pandemic, division, all things are under the control of Jesus Christ. Which makes the words of Jesus so mind-blowing in John 14, 1, where he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Now, maybe I say that and it offers peace to some of us. But then there's going to be some of us that say, but I can't help it. I am troubled. I know Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. But Travis, my, my heart is troubled. I am troubled. What do I, what do, I do? Well, you got to read the rest of the verse. John 14, 1b. There's A and B. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? And he says, he tells us what to do. Then what do I do? Believe in God and believe also in me. Believe in God and then also believe in me. See, the answer to the trouble in the world, the chaos around us and in us, is truly found in the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But listen to me. If you want a greater peace, greater steadiness in the storm. It's not just believing. Listen, this is so important, church. It's also knowing why you believe what you believe that can ultimately offer you the comfort you desire. It looks like darkness is taking over right now. Things are bad. Things are broken, etc., etc., etc. We've all seen the news. We've all seen our feeds, right? But my God knows me. And not only is he a personal God who cares about me, 
He is pre-existent. He is co-existent. And he is self-existent. And because of this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus so that at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, pre-existent, co-existent, self-existent, in authority, of all things, over all things, all things submit and surrender to Him. So this morning, right now, I just want you, where you are, to bow your heads, close your eyes, unless you're driving. Don't do that then. But wherever you are, if you're joining us from home today, can we just take a moment to pray? Let's just pray together. Father, right now, we want to declare the truth of your word when it says, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with you. He is in authority over all things, over all the the darkness in our world, over all the darkness that and the chaos inside of us. And Lord, some of us right now this morning, as, as, as we read and, and study and pray and meditate right now in this time, we, some of us right now, quite honestly, we need to repent for the fear that we've been holding on to. We need to repent for the chaos that we've allowed to run our lives. That is a repentance issue if we are your children. So God, right now, we repent and we surrender to the king who is still on his throne, to the pre-existent, co-existent, self-existent one, the Lagos, the Word, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. We give you control of our lives. We surrender, relinquish control and ask that you would bring us a peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We got a couple more things coming up in a second. Just want to remind you, we love you. If you haven't had a chance to join us for in-person services, for whatever reason, we got you covered. We're going to continue to come at you every single week in this platform. I love you. As your pastor, we're praying for you. Let us know in the comment section how we can pray for you better. Until next week, God bless. Mm